Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update and today is one of these uh, interview episodes and with me as usually I have my uh, dear colleague Gustav. Hello Gustav. Hello Johan, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm fine thank you, I'm very good and I also have a person who is, I would say he's a legend but uh, I would start by saying we met in a fairly strange uh, situation because we were both um, invited to speak in Lisbon at the conference so when I entered, I came into the hotel, uh, they told me in the reception that on my floor, there is a, like a, a wellness center, a, a, a gym. So you can go there and you can train and you can work out and there is a sauna and things. So I just wa- walked by the sauna, uh, the gym, and I checked the sauna. And all of a sudden, there is someone in the sauna who comes out and asks if I'm you, I'm from Sweden. And I was like... Uh, Yes, uh, yes, I didn't know anyone knew me here, <laughs> but the, the guy who was in the sauna is actually the guy who is with us right now. Uh, Andre, please introduce yourself. Yes, well, thanks for having me uh, in your podcast. Uh, it was indeed a just a bit strange situation, but at uh, that time in the hotel, I was uh, uh, didn't know when other people would just also arrive and then i thought hey i think i recognize that person uh, we haven't met before but then yeah indeed are you Johan? and yes and then uh, also afterwards we had a dinner so that yep. that was that was good um but uh yes i'm happy to be here um my name is andre uh, i am a microsoft business apps mvp for now 10 years in a row but i started my career already earlier in 1996, starting with Navision Financials 1.0. Uh, a few years later, I looked a bit at Accepta 1.0, which was new, but then we thought, well, that's not good enough. Um, um, let's stick with Navision. Uh, but a few years later, I switched jobs and started at an Accepta partner uh, at that moment with version 2.5, which was quite a decent version. And since then, I never left that product, which is now then uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 for finance and operations. It's very cool. You have a long history. And I think uh, also just to be clear, when you say legend, I would say also community hero, because I think um, you are uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember if you or Martin Drab has the record, has the most. Um, maybe you do. I'm, I don't really remember, but looking at the summary of the number of, of replies and, and posts within the community. I think you uh, and Martin, of course, uh, have by far the, the most replies. So a community hero uh, is an understatement here. So it's very, very nice to have you here with us and to meet you in person as well and to to uh, well discuss how the community has evolved over the years. I mean, back in Navision days and Accepta, I, 2.5, 3.0, I mean, the community was wasn't really there. I mean, you had these community meetings, or uh, right, but it was not really the same. The information on customer source and partner source was what you got pretty much. Um, but how, how, how? What is your take on how it has evolved over over the years? I mean, into the the community that we have now. Um, is that something that can be summarized? <laughs> yeah, I was working at a company a construction company and uh, where i needed to just find some information and then i found out about the dynamics community with a forum then i thought well um i found my answer but i can also probably try to help and answer some of those questions and uh, back in that time i can't remember all the names but then um 
I started answering some questions and just tried to help people. And mm. yeah, when they said, thank you, I liked that. And a bit later, I switched jobs. Um, and then I couldn't log in anymore with the email I, I had at that time. Um, but when I then met another colleague, um, he was also previously an MVP in the Netherlands, Dick Wenning. Um, I asked him, hey, why are there only technical guys and MVP? Um, and then he said, well, it's not only the technical guys, technical persons, but also uh, consultants. And uh, maybe you can become one as well, if you, if you like. And at that time, I was already a bit starting um, again, answering questions with just a more personal uh, account, uh, which I could take uh, with me when I switched jobs. So, and then I saw, hey, you can earn badges. Let's try to get as much as badges <laughs> as possible. And hey, I see also yours, the Gooter, um, having a lot of badges. And I want to have that number of badges as well. So I started uh, answering questions, um, also asking questions sometimes. And I and, and enjoyed that part. Um, and then later, they just switched it from badges to an points leaderboard. And then <laughs> suddenly, uh, I saw myself in the top. And that was uh, really amazing. Cool. I, I didn't expect that. No, that's very cool. It's a genius stroke by whoever designed the Dynamics community website to implement badges system and reward system. That was great. Yeah. But you really, you inspired me as well. I, I've done my fair share of, of reading and getting help from community site. I haven't done as near as many, of course, um, replies, but I've started doing more posts and replies there uh, now because it's a really, it's a nice thing to do, especially, I mean, the, the major problem is that when you are in, like when you're searching for an answer to something, you're searching for that particular answer, right? And then you rarely find the question. But but the least thing that you can do is that whenever you find an answer to that question is to go back and then, okay, I couldn't find an answer here or here, but now I got an answer. Then you can actually go back and look at the guys that didn't get the reply and help them out. So that's something that you can do because normally you get kind of stuck on just trying to look at your answer. And then when you got it somewhere else or you tried around and, and magically fixed it yourself um that then you kind of move on right so so keep bearing in mind that helping a lot of people by putting um even if if it's not a verified solution put something that might point them in the right direction it's also it's also helpful so it's really interesting i think coming from and we've discussed this a couple of times in this podcast as well the, the differences between before and now that now it's it's more information and more like a more thriving community, of course, but it's also harder to search and find uh, information because it's both because of the name. If you search for Dynamics 365, who knows where you end up? Uh, I, say, I think I said last time as well, I read an article that I thought sounded very, very interesting. It's like, okay, yeah, this sounds good. I got to the middle of the article before realizing it was on Business Central uh, because yeah. they are very similar, right? So, so it's hard. You need to know a lot of things before you can actually gain the information. Uh, we have Yammer or, sorry, not Yammer anymore, Viva Engage, of course. Um, a lot of good channels there. We have community and we have the official documentation, which is also um, a very, very great resource nowadays. So so how do you, um, like, in, a, in any day, what is your average um, post in, in the Dynamics communities? Well, I just check... 
uh, once or twice a day, uh, are mm. there any new questions or are there questions uh, which uh, I try to answer, but there might be some follow-up questions, mm. um, then I can just easily spend one, one and a half hour uh, in a row just to look at um, what was there, but not only um, answering, but also reading some of the questions mm. and which got answered. Um, also to learn myself uh, that, yeah. that's just the great thing of the of the of the forum uh, you can try to help others uh, but also when someone replies you, you learn from them and even uh, sometimes there are topics um, with certain uh, yeah, things in dynamics which i was not really aware of then yeah. i think well let's bookmark this page and come back later if there's any reply and if there was no reply, then I thought, hmm, maybe I can start investigating myself. And then just by playing around in the application, you again learn a lot. And at the end, I was also able to help such a person with just, hey, I've just tried out certain things and maybe you can look at this uh, little setting. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Learning while, while also helping. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, so uh, <clears throat> one of the things that you and I discussed the last time we spoke was uh, regarding something that I think is a bit strange that it's not being used that much, but I wanted to check with you and that's something called community-driven design or development. So I, I actually heard from someone at Microsoft that it's basically not being used at all and I am a bit confused on why. Uh, maybe you have some insights. I don't know. Uh, yes, I signed up for the community-driven development myself as well. Um, and I thought, well, I found a bug. Let's try to submit it. And at that time, I was not fully able to just connect all bits and pieces um, with their um, service to get the latest and, and do also some coding. So I suggested like, hey, this is the problem statement. And I think this piece of coding needs to be changed to this part. And then um, it got rejected. Uh, it worked, but I did something a bit different than they expected about checking a configuration key. They said, well, um, this is not what we want. And then they just fully stopped it instead of let's discuss it and um, then try to solve it and find a solution together. Okay, so it's um, kind of first um, rejection. Just a year later, it was at the end uh, reported by many more customers and it got uh, fixed. But at that time, uh, my experience was like, hey, um, I, I would expect a bit more discussion instead of just rejecting it uh, without a more clear reason or, or possibility to just discuss and think about it. But one thing what is really good about um, that community-driven engineering is a submission from Kurt Hartlevik. Mm -hmm. um, he did um, create some uh, non-exist join functionality on the advanced queries in AX2012. Yeah. And he thought, well, let's uh, try to extend, uh, use extensions to build it in Dynamic 365, but he got stuck. Uh, and then with the help of Microsoft and the community-driven engineering, um, they just, um, embedded it in the standard. Yeah. That's, that's uh, at least one thing I know what is good from, <laughs> from that program. That's really and cool. I'm, I'm still using it almost weekly, uh, the non-exist join. So, uh, Kurt, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kurt. <laughs> thank you, Kurt, for a lot of things, uh, a lot of uh, good topic content coming from Kurt in the retail area specifically from 
Correct. My part. Um, but that's, I think, that the idea of CTT, um, if you love the abbreviations, um, is really great. I mean, uh, if it's if it's not working the way you describe it, I, who knows, it's a matter of time or dedication or it might be. Uh, but on the other note, we, we now also have a lot of sharing of these things uh, publicly available on GitHub. Uh, there are a lot of examples. I've seen a, a number of them from an integration perspective. Uh, that I saw one where you basically you build a business event around recurring integration so you can actually orchestrate stuff around. It was really nice, like, again, building on top of the community discussion where we can maybe answer or fix a specific issue where you actually share yeah, I built this. It makes my life easier. It makes my life. Um, it helps me a lot. Uh, I saw Doxcentric does the same on their uh, on their website as well. The whole sharing part is uh, you can also leverage on that, of course. Uh, but then it becomes that someone then needs to implement it and they need to raise it. Uh, depending on where you're at, sometimes it's easy because you can put it in yourself and, and like reason it uh, but if there if it needs to be like a business case about around bringing in code then it might be hard to sell so it's uh i think it's great that we have both cdd uh, i haven't had a chance to try it out myself yet um haven't seen the use case for it maybe the form we discussed you on that might be something we can put into <laughs> cdd uh the, one of the more frustrating parts about working with integrations in dmf is sometimes you uh well, there are many, many cases where you can like, oh, ah, I really don't like this. You have to refresh the web browser. You, you lose like two seconds every time you work. So it becomes frustrating, right? So we discussed in the building a, a specific button. I'm going to call build it in our own internal um, dev environment. I'm going to call it Yuan's button. <laughs> I'm just going like to publish that. it on GitHub. Yeah, I'll publish it on GitHub and let anyone who wants it take it as long as they, they give credit to Yuan for coming up with the idea. <laughs> That's that's good, but I I actually think that it's there. There is one thing that is good about it, even though it's hard to get things in and it's hard to to uh, get um, someone at Microsoft listening to what you send in and get it approved. Um, I think the good thing is that there is actually a way to do it. Yeah, which means that because the problem before was that even if you did find a solution. There was actually no way to submit it to Microsoft. There was no way to get it into Microsoft uh, because there was no way for them to to take your code in a way that was with all of the legal requirements. Because you probably like when you sign up for for uh, community driven development, you sign a, 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 waiver. a certificate, a waiver for Microsoft, which means that they are allowed to take your code. So I think the good thing here is that if you get a sponsor within Microsoft that is actually interested in getting this code into to the product, then there is actually a route in. There is a way to get the code to that person without copy and pasting it and sending it in an email and, and pushing it in. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a nice idea, but it's, it's like you say, Andre, I mean, it's hard to know what was the case in this time. Uh, if, if there's a problem, uh, there must be a lot of. Uh, I'm, I often work in a gatekeeping role for, for um, dynamics, where you, I have to look at anything I let through is on my responsibility uh, because it can break stuff down the line. So, and I, that makes less like times hundred when it comes to Microsoft. So I understand there are many like gatekeeping things in place. But as you say, it would be interesting to at least have a discussion. Uh, or to kind of see what, why was it rejected and 
will it maybe come later on something like that so it's not just um so it's more clear why why uh why it's not being put in the backlog at this stage perhaps so some room for improvement that the idea is really great i don't uh, would be nice to get some like facts how how much code is coming through cdd i mean in the standard application in total yeah, maybe i will just check it again um yeah. just i i have another bug um okay. which i think we can try it again uh, but the real good thing about uh, the community driven development would be that, uh, well, if you look at the history, X2012 and previous versions, uh, you could just overlayer and thought, well, if I create a support case, uh, it will take uh, forever yeah. to get it fixed. So I will do it myself. And well, every partner or uh, around the world did fix it themselves. Mm. Uh, and multiple times, uh, multiple things, uh, but also customization in it, what makes it also really hard to do any upgrade later on of the code. Yes. And now everything is extension based. So if you want to do certain things like fixing the things which effectively yeah, should be done via an overlaying, mm. uh, then the community driven development would be the perfect solution just to work yeah. together with Microsoft and not only fix it for one customer, but directly fix it for all customers around the world. Yeah, exactly. That's a, I think it resembles a lot. If you have a good ISV, I mean, the ISV story is kind of the same where you kind of, you get a lot of um, code and functionality. And if you find something that's not the perfect match, if you have a good discussion with your ISV partner, they can implement it and put it into their products and put it, put it out there. But that's, that takes time, right? So you might, it's been a the scenario a number of times where we build something because we know They've committed to it and it's going to come down the line, maybe like six months from now. Until that point, we do it like this. And when uh, the product release comes, then we kind of roll back our customization because as you say, in the end, what we want to strive for, especially now is like a low, low extension, low customization environment for maintainability purposes. But at some point you have to fix stuff or make sure that it works for your scenario. Uh, but as long as you can use CDD for standard, maybe you can, Put your little fix into CDD, and even if it's not in now, it might come in maybe let's say a year's time, and then you can pull that customization back then. So it's it's not um, yeah, it's not unwise to try. Yep. Well, and, I will try yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And I would I would also <laughs> like to raise another thing, and we have had this up on the podcast before, but there is also another community that we really. I would really like to raise, and that's the the Yammer community for, yeah, especially with the preview program. If if you um, <laughs> if you are working with Dynamics, and you at le at least in some kind of a technical situation, but but also in a, like a, a functional situation, I would really really recommend you signing up at inside insider.dynamics.com because then you will get um, access to the to the Yammer forum or the Viva Engage forum, uh, and <laughs> and the good thing there is that even though uh, you get information from people from Microsoft, you don't always get answers from Microsoft. But there are other people there that are really really good at what they do. So if you don't get an answer from someone at Microsoft, you will probably get an answer from someone else. And if you get in enough comments on your post in in uh, yammer then probably someone from microsoft will see it as well and will be able to comment with you yeah. um so that's also one of the the my, at least my main communities that i use for 
figuring yeah, out especially for the preview programs i think that's where they really kick in and and then you need to be mindful as well because if you go there with like a a use case or a scenario and ask a question you will be connected to microsoft or, or a lot of people coming to, to you with questions which is a good thing but you need to be prepared for it because the same same time as you want to just maybe find answer to a question you will be involved and expected to to um to meet up that time as well which is for me personally that's great i think i had an experience with like inventory visibility synapse thing but the, the more you invest in those forums the more time you get back and the more knowledge you get as well there's a lot of people working right now on a lot of a lot of exciting stuff so um the viva engage forums are really a good um good channel to stay up to date and to get the latest updates. Yeah, I can concur, concur that. And I, I try to keep uh, up to date with some private programs, mm -hmm. um, uh, not always being able to just try out, no. um, but also just try to read and already learn and maybe also share some thoughts with Microsoft. Uh, but there are certain groups also related to security, uh, which no. is also one of my favorite uh, topics. Um, and then when there's a question over there, then you don't indeed, what you say, don't see Microsoft commonly um, commenting on those uh, questions, but then it's um, also uh, me and, and, and Alex Meyer uh, would just yeah. try to help over there. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I don't know why they changed name to Viva Engage. And now we also have the new Entra ID instead of Azure ID. Right. So we live in a world with ever-changing naming <laughs> names. Need to stay on top, but I think the URL I use is still Yammer, so we'll see how long that stays. But um, no, I, I try to use uh, uh, just Viva Engage now and Enter ID. I think that really makes sense because yeah. they already had um, some some more functionality around uh, the access and identity management. What yeah. was more the the Enter, and just to rename it to Enter ID. That's uh, I think that's a good move. I can understand that one. But, yeah, uh, Viva Engage sounds a bit more yeah. <laughs> More silly, but um, that's fine. <laughs> you and I both work at a company called Engage, so we're we're actually very happy. Absolutely, absolutely. So, did you have anything to do with that? Yeah, yeah, of course. It was it yeah. was just it was just us. Yep. yep, We were the only drivers behind that that decision. Uh, <laughs> of course, um, I saw another post on. on speaking of channels, uh, I, I also use. Um, Twitter nowadays X. Uh, of course, it's one of my name change. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was speaking about name change exactly. I think it's a good channel. For me. I I don't use I use it like ninety percent for for work. It's more Dynamics account, so so the algorithm is really peaked for me there. X. I just get a lot of Dynamics content on on X, which is good. I saw your post there um, uh, on the uh, process mining, uh, which I also is the topic. I think we mentioned it before. We specifically in the release pod. We I don't remember which version it was when the supply chain um, process mining integration or the Telemetrics, telemetry for uh, supply chain and process mining. We discussed it briefly, but you published a blog post and you're going to publish some more, I think, on um, on the area in itself, process mining, and That's maybe correct. specifically yes. dynamics. Can you tell us a little bit something about that? Uh, yes. Um, well, actually, about a year ago, I just um, already started investigating what is there available in Power Automate for, for the process mining. Uh, just played around and hey, there's a nice graph, but how to get the data in. Um, I read some more on the internet about what is an event log. Um, and you should have a case ID and activity description and at least a uh, start date time. Um, so played around a bit more, but actually I was already aware that Microsoft would acquire another company uh, 
which was also involved in process mining, um, and they just announced uh, around that time that they acquired Mineit and would integrate it also um, just use the desktop version with all kinds of additional features together with just the, the cloud storage in Power Automate for, for the processes. Mm. Um, there are, we also thought uh, within our company, well, what can we do with it and, and what type of solutions? Then um, I created a small example with just uh, how to get data out of finance operations formatted in an uh, event log. Um, at that time, I used an, an Power Automate flow based on a business event and fill a dataverse table and use that dataverse table as inputs for uh, the process mining. Uh, but you could also think of, well, let's export the data then to a data lake and use that as, as one of the data sources. Yeah. Um, but now indeed interesting, what Microsoft did is created a kind of full integration between finance operations and process mining um, for, for the warehouse management yeah. part. Um, I also just looked at what they did over there. Um, just for the user interface, it's really easy to just create a uh, process out of finance operations and start investigating in uh, the, the process mining part. Mm -hmm. uh, but also in one of my blogs, um, uh, just I will write more about it. Um, just one of the topics would be indeed, hey, how to uh, create your own uh, event logs. Um, uh, also, the, the warehouse management, I will show how that works um, from the functional point of view but then also a bit more from the technical point of view. And then would be also the question, yeah, what to do with an end-to-end -end process like yeah. um, the order to cash. And then it's not just events. Then you need to just yeah, look at a lot of tables and yeah. try to connect them um, and get then your process visualized. But that's uh, a bit of the end call um, to, to go until just uh, I'm able to do something with that process. Uh, but that will be just post by post and also explaining it from the start mm -hmm. and try to get people just then also a bit on a higher level themselves. Um, and I'm also not a data scientist, but um, try to, to help each other um, to, to know more about the process mining. And yeah, when we have that a bit ready, then I will also try to, to just show some other cool stuff, which is there in the, in the desktop version of Mineit. So a lot to do on the post mining uh, uh, block series. Yeah, it's very cool. I love. I haven't tried that myself as well. I kind of visualize specifically from my warehouse because I used to work at the warehouse as well. So it's kind of nice to see how dynamics and when you work with implementations, I visualize this dream scenario where you can have an actual map of your warehouse with you. You kind of map out the locations and then you do process mining on those so you can really see where the efficiency of the warehouse is working, how it's working in an optimal way. I used to do some some auto store implementations, you know, where the uh, little robots that shuttles um, back and forth. I, I didn't do those implementations. I just yeah. did the dynamics part of it a little bit, tiny bit over here. But those guys always came with this really cool built the software that they built on their own, like um, uh, Lego kind of software where they can visualize a warehouse really quickly and how it flows. And I always thought that was really cool. So I wanted to do the same thing for from a dynamics warehousing perspective. I really hope I can do that now. I'll wait on your blog post, Andre, and hopefully I can yep. get, yep. get some knowledge about out, the area. Uh, yeah. Let's try to find out where are the bottlenecks in your warehouse. Exactly, yeah. Yep. And I think that's really cool. And it's a very demo-friendly demo, demo friendly thing as well to, to highlight. Uh, I'm not a data, data scientist either. 
but like understanding the basic concepts here and then maybe putting that in the hands of a data scientist to give you the data points and putting it in the hands of someone who understands the process and those two can work together. Uh, they don't need to speak the same language as long as you can visualize it, hopefully. It's a very cool topic. Correct, but apart from just looking at the data, maybe it's sometimes also just good to look what's happening in the warehouse itself. It's yeah, not yeah, just looking only at the, the visualization map. Uh, then you also notice uh, what might go wrong. Yeah. Exactly. I, exactly right. Otherwise, you always measure KPIs, like a number of order lines picked at any given minute, etc. Now you can actually see, like, in a hotspot. Um, hopefully, that's my dream, at least, to see in a, in a visual, in a physical map. But it could be just as important, of course, doing it in other scenarios, such as financial processes. Processes. Are you? Are we spending two days waiting on something that could be maybe efficient, more, more streamlined? Uh, and I think this is a very good area to bring into dynamics the more we can work with the actual telemetry within uh, like application insights uh, put that into uh, and not have to do all the data mining yourself i think that's a really good setting point um, to start using the software i haven't looked at the licensing costs or how much this actually costs but um, i would imagine the, the savings that you can get on, on just efficient making a more efficient process would be would be that's beneficial nice. yeah I'm not talking about the licensing yet. Maybe I do in the blogs, but um, mm. uh, there's some information on the internet, um, just what is the price of, of the process mining. And it is uh, actually with some more basic uh, subscriptions, it's part of PyroAutomate. Okay. And there's also an enterprise, um, but then yeah, you should be really yeah, getting <laughs> the value out of it. Uh, <laughs> that it would be just a kind of premium uh, and, and I don't know if that's the real correct word, but then mm -hmm. it is a $5,000 per tenant. Okay. Yeah, but still, that's not uh, looking at the bigger picture. If you if you can get some real business value out of it, $5,000 yeah. isn't that much um, in that scenario. It all depends on how much time you need to invest on top of that to get it to actually fit your scenarios, right? So, yeah. so really looking actually, forward to that. I, I don't think a nail studio at a, at the corner of the street would be able to uh, <laughs> spend that much of money. No, but, yeah, of they also don't have the um, requirement to the to, uh, No, exactly. And I mean, looking at Dynamics ERP, where we come from, there it's normally. I love that coffee. There was someone uh, speaking of X. There was someone. I don't remember who it is now. So if you're listening, maybe help us out. Mm -hmm. That had a coffee mug that had like, I think it was Dynamics or or it was an another ERP that like, I. I do ERP, super complicated ERP stuff, something like that. That's the best way I could describe to my kids what, what I do for a living. I do super complicated stuff. <laughs> they, would, they wouldn't agree, but uh, at least uh, if I have a coffee mug that says it, then maybe it's true. Yep. So um, I am thinking that we are actually ending up on our target time of around half an hour. Andre, do you have any closing words for today? Actually, um, yeah, the community, we, we just briefly touched it uh, with a bit of forum, a bit of blogs. Um, but yeah, there's so much more. Um, also, just a, a lot of video contents created by a lot of uh, volunteers on, on, on the internet, um, a lot of webinars, but also events. Um, yeah. And on, on those events, also a lot of great speakers will just share their experiences uh, with, with the products. And yeah, 
I hope to to meet a lot of people again on such events in the future. I can, I can also shortly just mention there is a, there is another uh, community that it isn't quite that obvious, and that mm-hmm. I, I know that Gustav has brought it up before. But all of the learn pages are actually connected to GitHub, so you can actually uh, comment on the pages and suggest changes and and uh, editing and so on. So uh, that's also a sort of a community that I would like to to raise that you can actually be part of. If you're not part of the coding, then you can actually be part of the documentation of the system. So if you find something that doesn't work correctly, then you can add it to the documentation and uh, create a pull request, and then we'll will be added to the Learn community as well. So I think yeah. that's really good. And I think this what you said as well, Andre, there on the community side. I mean, if you if you do at least let's all of us that work with Dynamics make an effort to. Uh, make at least one more post or reply to a community, someone reaching out for help. Uh, if everyone does that, then everything will be um, even much better. I don't think we'll reach, or at least I won't reach Andre's number of posts uh, <laughs> in the near future. Uh, but uh, the more we can help, the better. So as as I said in the beginning of the forum, uh, in the beginning of the podcast, where when you found an answer to that question that you couldn't find an answer on on the forum, remember to go back and actually just Right. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like this essay. Um, just write, yeah, I did this and I think fixed it because most of the times that helps some, someone out or at least points them in the right direction. Yeah. And if someone asks you for a, for a, for help with something and you figure it out, uh, write a blog post instead of, of uh, sending it in an email because then at least someone else can get access to it as well. I think that's also a good yeah. thing. Yes. Perfect. I also just got um, sometimes um, a colleague coming to me and say, "Hey, thank you. I found uh, an answer for you uh, uh, from you on the internet, and that helped me." That's uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I have actually, but... I, I have actually done that myself. I've searched for something and found my own blog post on it. So I didn't remember that I actually solved it once, but now I know. So that's yeah. cool. indeed, a way of keeping memory. Uh, experience a few months ago. Then I think. Well, I think I know something but i can't remember all the details about this error search on the internet and then i found my own post (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 uh, it's a bit weird but it's good so yeah but uh, i think with that we uh would like to say thank you andre for joining us thank you so much to have you here as as i said before in the beginning you are a legend in the community so i i really think it's it's uh it's a great thing to have you here and to know you and I hope so to much. see you soon at the conference or something. And uh, with that, have a nice uh, evening. Thanks for inviting me. And um, all have also a nice evening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.